And we are back, I think. Yeah, we're back. We're back! We're back. So back. Back in the back. Back in the back. Baby's got On the back. attack. Back in black. On the attack. Um, How do you like ACDC? Do you like ACDC? Not really. I mean, I, mm. I, I get it. And I appreciate them for what they are. But do I like them? Not really. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, not going to listen to their music, right? I mean, it's like they, it, it, it's cool background for certain things. I'm not going to like listen to it and be like, yeah, I'm digging it. Yeah. Thunder. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, it's 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 like it's it's cue up some thunderstruck. Okay, it, but it, it's like prep school. I hear you. I, you know. So I mean, I, like I owned some ACDC, but it was. A symptom of being a member of the BMG Music Club, okay, you know, right, yeah. And if you played the game right, you could get a bunch of CDs for what seemed like a good deal, and it probably was a good deal because I feel like I played the game pretty well mm-hmm. when I was in the club. But uh, yeah, it's some people love ACDC. I mean, I I get it as like a soundtrack, as as like as something. Uh, yeah, as a background thing and as a very um, specific type of emotion, but there's nothing. I, I mean, you're asking a guy who doesn't love listening to music all the time, so yeah. it's so it's so like like the only time I want to hear this song is like when like your hockey team is like skating out onto the rink, right? And warming yeah, up, you know, yeah. It does feel like ACDC is you know very it, it, like I said, his head he has it has that prep school. Uh, Weird energy of uh, of we're different but we're awesome. Yeah, it's funny. The uh, like the, the clearest memory I have of this song is probably was it my no it was it was a prom that I went to and then this shit no thunder. I mean, like I'm not. A huge fan of Led Zeppelin, but I totally get Led Zeppelin way more than this. This is this is junk. This is candy, right? That's what this is. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I mean, but imagine this is, this is music but junk. The, but I mean, this is sure. This, this is, is one cheaters. of their this is one of their most popular songs. But you know, at least it's good. You know, you appreciate the Cheetos. You know, for a few minutes when they're on your lips. Right? Sure, sure. You know, imagine some of the ACDC deep cuts. And what kind of shit that is. <laughs> You know, B side yeah, on like yeah. their fifth album. Yeah. Can we stop playing this? Yeah, we can stop playing it. Okay, good. It wasn't quite as nostalgic as I thought when I caught, when I ordered it up. <laughs> Ooh, that just gets me in a weird mood too. I don't know what Thunder. I, I, but I, I I know what you're saying when you know when your team's running out on the field that that sort of feeling like yeah hey, we're ready to start the, the, well like for me the, the cadence like when hockey teams come out right they start skating around their mm-hmm. half of the rink and they shoot pucks at the goalie it, it's higher intensity than a lot of other sports you know and so mm-hmm. a song like that or you know something like uh, I don't know three eleven or you know something with like that kind of more urgent cadence, you know, it caters the ho- hockey warm up. Yeah, I guess because I... because you really wouldn't you see that like I I couldn't see Thunderstruck like at a 
basketball game. Right. You know, because they're not moving as fast. You know, they're all shooting and straight. You know, they're doing stuff. But, you know, because you glide on ice, there's this more there's more energy. You know. But there's there's energy in anticipation too. So like some ACDC songs, like like Trevor Hoffman was a closer for uh, the Padres, and he used Hell's Bells. That was mm-hmm. his thing. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And so that was sort of the. But that but that's ACDC. But that's sure. But the cadence of that song, the yeah. meter of that song, is not as energetic as Thunderstruck. Right. That's all the. Right, so that's the, that's the eighth notes that he's playing. Mm-hmm. You know, where Hell's Bells is more ominous at the beginning, and you're bringing it the closer, so ominous works. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, we need to have Nick on again. He'll be able to explain all this music theory stuff to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you know, if we're talking about physics, we really should have a physicist on. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about music. We we know a guy who's a is going for a doctorate in music. So yes, we should get Neil deGrasse Tyson on the show. Yeah, oh, I'd love that. I don't think he'd come. I don't think he'd come. Well, if you sucked him up hard enough, he might come. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, we I wouldn't really want the 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 pop communicator Neil. I'd, I'd want more of the uh, the he guy is, who earns his paycheck, Neil. Neil is very, very bright. Yeah. And you can see him. He switches that yeah. based on the situation he's in. But, I mean, so, I mean, sure. This, but I've missed the situations where he wants to, where he geeks out. I mean, he doesn't. Oh, do it's the, all over the place. Just look on YouTube. There are plenty of stuff. Like, go to some oh. of his conferences where you're oh, you know, conferences, do, yeah. Where you're talking, talking to other physicists and stuff. And, and, Totally. Sure. I'm not saying he yeah. couldn't, but you know, like like Star Trek Radio is pop communicator. Yeah. You know, I mean he's good whenever at that. He's why on not the, let him do yeah. that? Yeah, whenever he's on the Daily Show or whatnot, you know, yeah. he's in that same mode. You know, and we would want him in the uh, a more uh, more technical. Yes, mode. but also, I mean, what what I admire about him is his ability to take hard concepts and and what I'm not good at mm-hmm. and part of part of what i'm doing when i talk to you about it is trying to put together an idea of how to make the you know how to, sure. how to work this in, no, in, I, in the same sort he, of sense he is, and he's way better than i am sure at May, I, I probably need to see him talk at some of these yeah. conferences because every one time i've seen him talk he's talking to an audience beneath me right i mean that's what star trek radio is that's what his appearance is on Daily so show. you're you're watching things that are pop stuff as opposed yeah. to trying. Right. I mean, sure. I've I've you know I just yeah. I go I look at the science stuff in the science conferences, so I'm I'm seeing the stuff right. where he's not like that. So, question is, if he gets on a a, po- a beer podcast, would he uh, would he know which audience, which which side, which uh, which I'm, speed to go? Like in? I said, he's very bright. I'm yeah. sure he'd pick yeah. out from from the questions that we're asking right. which way to go. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's way too popular. We that never, just, we'd never no, land him. <laughs> there's no way he'd. I don't even know if he drinks beer, right? I mean, uh, we could drink wine one night. Come on. Oh, I'd I'd, I'd drink anything <laughs> to do a show with Peter, Neil deGrasse Tyson. But why? Yeah, why would he come to us? Even if we come to him, why would he do it? Mm-hmm. it I mean, it's it's 
Because we're fun guys. <laughs> He's is it's more worth his time to to get on shows that are more popular than ours simply simply because his goal is to get science out to as many people as possible. Right? I hear you. It's not a great use of his time. That doesn't mean it, I, I think he'd love it. I would love it. He would love it. Why wouldn't he love it if we would love it, right? But, um, yeah. I hear you. I mean, he gets to be on Stephen Colbert's YouTube exactly, channel. Exactly, yeah. So. Daily show whenever he wants. Yeah, I mean, he's... I mean, he, he did... <laughs> Did a show for Fox, and they might do a second season of Cosmos too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, this is right. not this is a celebrity we're talking about, yeah. an honest to god celebrity. So yeah, it's hard to get celebrities on the show. I hear you. Damn it! <laughs> we need to raise our bars. Love to have Bradley Cooper on. Love to have John Hamm. Bet John Hamm be great. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's, so now we're just having our dream team wish list, huh? Yeah. Okay, that's a good question. Who would you, anybody, who would you want on the show? I think that, uh, I'm trying to think of a scientist. I mean, Neil deGrasse Tyson is a good option. I'm trying to, you know, yeah. off cold, I'm sure there's another scientist or science communicator. Oh, Michio Kaku. Of course. No. <laughs> hey, if you want to have him on, I would love to have him on the show. <laughs> see if you can make him cry. <laughs> see if he can make me cry. He probably would. Um, yeah, I, that's a great question. Who would I want to have on the show? I mean, you mentioned the great ones. I think John Hamm would be amazing. <laughs> I'd love to have, uh, let's see. That now, now it just gets into like people who you'd love to talk to about just some sort of subject. So like, mm-hmm. I would love to have... Uh, Matt Besser on the show, one of the UCB founding right. guy who who just totally understands comedy. I'd love to have like Vince Gilligan on the show, a guy who you know knows. To, I don't know, I don't think Dan Harmon would work on the show as much as I love you know love him. I just don't think it would work. <laughs> Vince Gilligan, somebody who totally work and, and and totally jive with the show. So yeah, that would be sort of the. The kind of person I'd love to have. So, so we're going to start at Nerds Two. Is that what we're going to do here? No, <laughs> we're not. This is like I said, deep. Start in a deep uh, super fantasy world where we can get anybody we want. Who would we want on the show? I mean, besides like Barack Obama, right? I mean, sure. That'd be cool. Uh, ben Folds would be someone I'd want to get okay. on the show for sure. Uh, man, good question. I'll have to stop. I want to think about this some more. Maybe we'll put this on another <laughs> post show, like our dream team, like living or dead, who you know. Like, would you want to talk? I mean, I don't know. Like, people like always say Einstein. I, I, Einstein isn't as interesting to me as as, as yeah. lots of other scientists. Exactly. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily. The reason why people say Einstein is because Einstein is sort of shorthand for genius. Mm-hmm. But there are many more interesting scientists. Like uh, you know, Feynman obviously comes up a lot, but. I, I mean, part of me would love to talk to Niels Bohr, right? I mean, I'd love to talk to Heisenberg. I'd love to, I'd love to talk to, uh, oh, I'd love to talk to Maxwell. Um, I mean, a really different experience because he's way back then. Uh, Oppenheimer would be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, Von Braun. 
I'm Hitler. To... I love to have Hitler on the show. <laughs> <laughs> probably probably drink some beers. So I don't know. He might have. He was a vegetarian. He might have been a teetotaler. Who knows? Mm. That was his problem right there. <laughs> a German who doesn't drink beer. Oh, so that reminds me of. Um, we talked about this briefly in the last time, uh, but remember that Mr. Robot, he said this was an alcoholic person because right. she was drinking at work. But, I, you know, I said, eh. so I, th- I started thinking about, OK, what what is the deal with with addiction? What really is addiction? And what we call addiction is essentially normal behavior for humans that we find taboo. In some sense, right? I mean, the behavior because we 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 also discuss this in terms of other things, in terms of white well, males I mean, and beers, and in terms of other things where you're you're always seeking out that thing you experience once, I and mean, you're trying to get to it again. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know if this is going to be a clinical definition. I'm, this is not, not the show right. for clinical, but for alcoholism, one of the things that seems common that I've experience with people that I know is that they don't have the executive function to uh, meter their intake, right? When they drink, they binge. Yeah. Things like that. And what I saw in Mr. Robot on first glance, and maybe you are right, maybe she just doesn't give a fuck, so she drinks at work. Is that alcoholic? That's a lot more fuzzy. Yeah. But when I first interpreted the scene... I interpret it as someone who, you know, drinks because she needs a drink and, you know, didn't have that executive functioning to say. Well, I mean, my point is that we all do things that we do because we need to or we're we're trying to get to something even though we even though we never will never actually will never reach that peak again. Even in terms of just our relationships with other people, you know, we're always going to concerts trying to chase that original high we got from that first concert we went to or that third concert we went to where we got the amazing high and we're, we're always chasing that uh, and or, or, or doing some sort of, uh, you're jumping from a plane to get some sort of endorphin mm-hmm. rush and you're always trying to jump again and again and again. So the question is, what's the difference between that activity, you know, those sort of activities that are condoned and and we don't we don't have a problem with and drug use and alcoholism i mean alcohol alcohol porn addiction sex addiction those kind of things where it's just chasing uh, a white dragon i i i think you're making a good point and this doesn't answer the entire point the point's much deeper but i mean also with alcoholism you know drinking at a time when you're not supposed to be drinking, you know, when you're at work, like not just the lady on Mr. Robot, but when I worked at the Trib, the person who had my role previous to me was an alcoholic. He right. would have a bottle of vodka in his car. He would always have a uh, fountain drink cup and he would have soda and vodka or whatever but he would always have, he'd be drunk like all, or he'd be drinking all day. I don't know whether he was drunk. And he also had the porn addiction you just mentioned. We were finding stashes of porn on the Trib's web servers right. like six, eight, ten months after I had taken the job. Like, oh, look, here's another folder full of, full of porn. And it was, it was uh, meticulously cu- curated, shaved, 
not shaving. You know, like all kinds of like categorizations. And it was, you know, it was back in the early 2000s when not everyone was shaved. If if that's not affecting how you do your job. Well, he was not doing his job very well. Right. But I'm saying if that is not affecting how you do your job, then I honestly don't think there is anything more than just a social justification for the for well, a company's policy is not the fucking drink absolutely not and i totally understand that i'm just saying that looking at it from a broader perspective than just you know what co- yeah obviously it's against company policy you don't do that but as uh is is this person suffering a illness if they it, it's simply what they do and and they can maintain it and they don't uh and it doesn't affect how they you know their their work and it doesn't affect what they do i i hear you and again not clinical uh the experiences that i have with people it comes back to that being able to control yourself after you've had a few you know the alcoholics that i'm familiar with See, like, if they have two, they have eight. Right, they, but like like that guy you're talking about from the from the Tribune, I bet he never really gets drunk. Uh, so to be honest, I never met the guy in person. Yeah. I just heard these stories about him drink, you know, his fountains soda, right. you know, a soda fountain cup and and a bottle of vodka in his car. I did see his porn firsthand right. many times. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, I never met him firsthand, so I can't speak to that. And then, you know, there's like two of the people that I've known fairly clearly where, you know, when they drink, they just have no control. That isn't, to me, that doesn't, that's a different thing than an alcoholic. To me, an alcoholic, what, what we would find as an alcoholic is somebody who needs alcohol to sort of maintain their 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 or, their levels of, of, of ordinariness versus you're talking about somebody who is, uh, who uses alcohol because they just want to, I guess it can be different sides of the same coin. But you, I think they're different conditions. Yeah. I mean, there's people that are drunk all the time. Then there's the people that there's no there's no moderate use. Right. It's when you drink, you binge. Well, and it's not. It's the, and these people uh, that I've experienced are different than college binge. I mean, I did college binge drinking. You know, that's a, a very social thing. Yeah. You know, for the these people, it's a uh, like okay. So you know, the times that I've binged, times that a lot of college students binge, it's you know they want to get there. You know, the, you know that's what we want to do tonight. Yeah. Where. And maybe these other people I'm thinking of want to get there too, but it, like the one person in particular, I know, you know, it's like let's have one more, let's have one more, yeah. and then it's eight more, and she's yeah. wrecked. So I mean that that's a different condition than it's the, it's alcoholism. It, 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 it's a type of alcoholism, right? Sure. Uh, and another type of alcoholism is the is the person who just drinks alcohol to maintain their, themselves at a certain level because otherwise they because it's become such a part of their biology that they they essentially need to keep having it in order mm-hmm. to maintain themselves. But they don't. But they're not drunk. 
They're just simply That's more like codependence, right? Basically, yeah. So is that an alcoholic in the same way? So I think another uh, aspect to alcoholism is are you hurting the people you're close to? Right, and I don't know how this works in the clinical, but it's, at least in pop culture, that's that's part right. of it too, right? Like if you are a single bachelor and drunk all the time, and not hurting a family or friends, you're not stealing or you know neglecting your children or anything right. like that. You know, it, it's more it's more tolerable. Where then you know another big genre of alcoholism is that. You know, daddy's always drunk. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, the the alcoholism. Maybe it's a spectrum, like autism or something. Maybe alcoholism is a spectrum. There's a lot of different kinds of alcoholism. I think it is, but so so let me let me give you this idea. So, and I know this doesn't necessarily this doesn't equal out because substances do different things to you in different ways. But I'm sure you would say that the person who goes home and and has a you know has a cocktail or, or a beer or two every night or something is not an alcoholic. Uh it depends. So I mean there there is the notion of functioning alcoholic too, right? And Which is silly. Well it is silly. A functioning alcoholic? What does that mean? It Means they're not an alcoholic. They, it could it, actually it could be a construct of the the teetotalers. The yeah. you know, I don't know. I mean, someone who feels compelled that they need to have two drinks every night. They don't need to, but they do. They just generally it's what they it's what they enjoy doing. It's what they enjoy doing. But then there's the people that can't not do it. If you get into a pattern and you get into a thing, then then it 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 becomes. Remember that. Well, I mean, you're 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 navigating specifically to the the fuzzy area between. But I, but I want to point out that be hard to when it that. becomes a ritual, it becomes part of how you do things, and then not having it mm-hmm. is not just about whether you get the alcohol or not. It's the fact that you can't do that ritual, so that plays a role. It's not just the the substance. Sure. So, but what I'm saying is that the you know. So the idea of a functional alcoholic, someone who, who is... Yeah, I didn't mean yeah, to say I support yeah, that term. I, yeah. You know, it's... It is... You know, I don't want to get too clinical here, but maybe it is a spectrum thing. There's a yeah. lot of different kinds of alcoholics. There's a lot of... You know, I'm sure there would be a lot of people that... You know, a lot of people on the dry side of the mm-hmm. aisle that would call us functioning alcoholics. Sure. So I'm saying the person who comes home and like five nights out of seven has a drink or two doesn't go doesn't go crazy doesn't get drunk just has a drink or two is what he does to unwind. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't, in general, call that person alcoholic. The person who comes home, smokes a bowl of marijuana, five nights out of seven or something just to unwind. You wouldn't call that person a druggie. Uh, I don't have a frame of reference, but no, I, I mean yeah. if you're thinking if if you. If you have a frame of reference where having a, a cup of pub, a joint of marijuana is the same as having a beer, then no, it wouldn't be. So, all right. So, what about the person who comes home every night and uh, takes a bump or two of heroin? I don't know. I mean, I hear heroin's a, a lot. Yeah, like I it, said, these substances it, have different effects. Well, it's on physically you. addictive. 
yeah. versus the ritual, the pleasure. I mean, yeah. there's... Well, alcohol is physically addictive. You don't go through withdrawal. I mean, sure you do. I, sure you do. I guess you... Beyond a certain point. I mean, we're not the... Like, if I stopped drinking beer for six months, I wouldn't have No, you wouldn't go through withdrawal, no. Not 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 significant withdrawal. Uh, you really can't do that with heroin. No, you can't do that with heroin. Like I said, these substances are different. But but okay, what about? Um, it's hard. It's hard to come up with ones that are along the same lines. But okay, what about the person who? Oh, okay, what about the person who comes home and uh, uh, every couple days, let's say, uh, decides to eat some mushrooms or or takes it's a or, or maybe it's not a. What about porn? What about? Yeah, what about porn? What what is different from the person who is addicted to porn versus the person who is addicted to jogging, or the person who is addicted to um, uh, looking up uh, lo- looking at cat videos? I mean, there is. Well, I, I, so I mean, I think the difference. It's all ritual. It's it, ritual, but the, the, the there's potentially a difference with when you become uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know. Uh, numb to see i i don't know Uh, you know the argument that i've heard before and i'm not i'm trying to figure out whether i can get behind this or not is you know when you're addicted to porn you looking for the harder and harder you know stuff you know the the gateway thing and and then you get silly yeah yeah, it probably is i think like you know you you chafed last night when when i mentioned uh at some point we were talking about Talking about porn and stuff, I forget what 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 exactly the context was, but it's like, um, at at a certain point, the pornography becomes less about what it. I mean, it's just sort of a a trigger. You're not actually thinking sexual thoughts; it's just part of the ritual. So you see, I mean, it, you part of the ritual is looking at you know naked boobies, looking at at, at hot chicks, and you do your thing, and you're done, and it's over. So it, it's, but it's not like you're actually thinking, I want to have sex with that chick. Uh, I get into a sexual mood. It's just, it's part of the ritual, part of the whole yeah. doing that aspect, right? I mean, uh, just releasing that valve a bit. <laughs> and you just need to, you need a little bit of a spark, but you're not actually thinking, oh yeah, oh, I want to fuck that. I'm, I'm having sex with her. This is what I imagine. It's like, it's great. You're not going through that in your mind. You're just, you're sort of on autopilot. <laughs> and letting it happen, and then you're, and you you get it over with, and you're done. There's a uh, a podcast from the BBC that I started listening to. Science versus, I think it's called, mm-hmm. and it's taking subjects. I only listened to two so far. The one I listened to was like e-cigarettes, and it was like the science of e-cigarettes versus the the marketing claims and things like that. It's pretty. I really like the format of it, and you know, especially for something like e-cigarettes, where there's no long-term research yet. Mm-hmm. You know, but one that I have queued up that I haven't listened to yet is pornography, science versus pornography, and I'm really curious to see what they have to say about that. Um, check it out. I think you would enjoy that podcast. Yeah. The way they take uh, something that's blazing in pop culture and actually like apply like here's the science here's the popular argument and what what um what generalizations or specifics can we draw on these different things and for like e-cigarettes it was like yeah you're not smoking tobacco 
But, you know, you're smoking a lot of these synthetic chemicals. You know, and we don't understand what they do. Right. And then they, they narrowed it on nicotine and whether nicotine is dangerous or not, you know. And I think that one was kind of, a you know, it's not necessarily straight up bad, you know. So it was interesting. It's been a few weeks since I've right, listened let, to Let me tie this back into, into physics in an interesting way. Because what we're doing is we're putting a microscope on certain things uh, uh, and analyzing them at the same time recognizing that there's a larger web of other things that influence everything else. Like these alcoholism and stuff is uh, is related to social context and how we view certain things as taboo and certain other things as taboo. Right? So we can get very detailed about a specific thing, but then you're ignoring the stuff around it. You can get very you can get detailed about the stuff around it, but then you're ignoring the specifics. One of the things we notice is that that is true at every level. That's called Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. That the deeper you look into one thing, the less you're looking into everything else that's happening around it. Uh, and so you actually can't analyze both at the same time. And we've found through our studies, at least as far as we can tell, this is a fundamental aspect of reality. That's why it's so... That's why it appears all the time. It appears at all these levels because it's fundamentally part of, of the reality that we experience. Right. I just want to correct the science versus it's not the BBC, it's the ABC, the Australian Broadcasting Company. Okay. Australian show. So is it like some of the signs, uh, they... The gauging, you know, they kind of explored that. Happiness, e-cigarettes, pornography, medical marijuana, sugar-free diet, the female brain. I'm not sure where some of these go. Paleo diet. You know. Science versus the female brain? Well, yeah, I don't know where that one goes. But, like, you know, like one like e-cigs, paleo diet, you know, they're actually saying, you know, what's the science behind the paleo yeah. diet and yeah. does it stand up? So, so what I've noticed about the diet thing is, you know, because I... I have expressed my fondness for certain diets in the past, and then uh, you might consider them backsliding off of. But I've, what I've come to the realization is that all these diets work in essentially the same way. You you are changing up the way that you eat, and your body doesn't know how to deal with it at first, so you lose pounds pretty quickly, and then your body adapts, and you stop losing pounds, and. So all these diets give you this pretty immediate like burst of, boom, mm-hmm. you've lost weight. Right. And then it's easy at that point to say, oh, this is effective. I'm going to buy into it. And then it doesn't, doesn't follow through, doesn't keep up. Yep. Science dieting. I hear you. For me, it's the uh, the darn kids where it's hard to say, sorry, kids, I'm not going to play with you right now. I'm going to mm-hmm. go exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, someday I'll get that exercise time back. But <laughs> not right now. Ooh, okay, what else we got? I'm good. I'm good, too. All right. All right. There's been a whole bunch of CBR this weekend for yeah. us. So who knows when you'll hear this, but... Uh, It'll go out the next time we can't record a show. See you guys soon.